Welcome to Evolve to Succeed, the podcast that brings together entrepreneurs, founders, business leaders, and experts to talk about their journeys and explore the link between personal and business success. I'm your host, Juan Munson, founder of Evolve, a coaching, training, and development company focused on enabling business and personal success and creating a community of like-minded individuals. Whether that be through our peer groups, one-to-one coaching, our training and development programs for you and your teams, or through our content and events, our mission is to get the best out of each individual and inspire them to be better both in life and in business. If you want to learn more about Evolve, including our beautiful co-working space in Ashley Cross in Paul, then please go to evolvemembers.com where you'll find great content, insights, details of all of our services, and also information on our forthcoming events. For now though, let's get on with the show. This week we hear from Simon Hawtrey-Coombs, who amongst other things is a franchisee for the global DPD group for the Bournemouth branch, a position he has held since 2001. As well as this, Simon has owned and managed several businesses over the years and now uses his vast experience to work with and advise business owners and CEOs from both household names and startups. His pool of knowledge is shared and channeled through peer-to-peer. Simon is a passionate believer in working towards being your best self through business success, mindset management and health and well-being and is a powerhouse of ideas and motivation with the business acumen to drive change and create momentum. I've known Simon for over 20 years and this conversation covers a range of topics from both a business and a personal perspective, including the advantages and challenges of franchising, where he gets his incredible drive and enthusiasm from, how to engage customers with what he calls tiny, notable things, and what he would do differently if he started all over again. He also talks with admirable honesty about his struggles with alcohol and the benefits to his life of going sober a number of years ago. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome, Simon, to the Evolved to Succeed podcast. Thank you, Warren. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. And it's great to have you on the podcast. There's so much that you and I can talk about. We've known each other for nearly 20 years. So I obviously know a lot about your story and your journey and some of the interesting things that have happened in terms of your life and in terms of business. So I think for our listeners, we're going to cover off franchises. We're going to cover off going sober. We're going to cover life balance. We're going to cover peer groups. There is so much, I'm sure, in this conversation that will be of value um, to our listeners, but I should probably start with you having the opportunity to give our listeners a little bit of a background to yourself, Simon, and how you came to start a business in the first place. Yeah, thank you. It all started uh, with the the mighty parcel line, which became the the, the, the DPD, really, and as a very entrepreneurial business environment, headed up by a great CEO called Colin Milbanks. And he gave us all the tools to do the work with some of the greatest brands in the world um, at, at that point. Sadly for me, it was a big commute into right. Birmingham um, every day. And um, I then started staying in Birmingham. And my daughter was born in, in 1995. Okay. And um, at that point in time, didn't really want to move to Birmingham. There's lots of offers about relocation. And fortunately, the, the franchise came up for sale in Bournemouth, in my town, and I had a very, very good time with the DPD brand and had such great fun and such great learning within that environment that I felt confident that 
I could run my, my own business. But sadly for me, I was a great salesperson and not a great business person. And um, sales kills everything within any business. And I felt that I was in business for myself when I started, but I wasn't by myself. I had yeah. a group of a hundred other franchisees within yeah. our arena. It's and kind of a family environment, very supportive, I'd imagine. It was really a very tight-knit community, no, not only around service proposition for our customers, our people, and the whole approach was how can we delight the customer in terms of in terms of delivery so retention was good and all of the business skills that you'd expect in a, a big corporate were were fundamental within that business and the understanding of business acumen was taught within that business arena so it gave gave some great tools as well as um, a lot of pressure around delivering service sales engagement people and this is 20 years ago right yeah so you, and do you do you think you're always destined to run your own business or do you think it was kind of circumstance well the, the catalyst really was funding you know this is a massive purchase over 20 years ago and the banks were very reasonable and fair in fact i think they just gave money away in those days <laughs> and um bless you um Nat west but the the, the the difficulty of course is paying it all back mm. but i think destiny for i think most people generally uh can be only what they can see yeah so the environment you're in creates desire and good or bad yeah for for, for, for a lot of us um having a disease of more is, is not good or a high expectations uh, or high levels of entitlement. But fundamentally, I think we've all got the fact that we, no one really likes being told what to do. Mm. Yeah. And uh, when you continue being told what to do, and I think I, I want to get away from this. And I think COVID was a great enabler for people to really see what made them happy. Yeah, that, a lot of people have changed their kind of journey and their direction of travel as a result of covid haven't they yeah and that definition of of happiness you know what really makes people happy or you happy and freedom i yeah. think in time and, and i always talk in a similar way and I, I talk to people what does good look like and you know not doesn't what good look like from a business and a numbers yeah. perspective but what does good look like for you as an individual and for your family and and um, you know and where where do you actually really want to be no, definitely and the interesting thing around you know winning back that time and creating extra bandwidth you can do that when you work for yourself i think mm -hmm. the the shackles are quite difficult when you're working in that corporate environment some people love it yeah and and it's and it's for them and they succeed and they do extremely well in that business arena down to the leadership team and the, the bosses and the inspiration that's driven within those organizations can be as much fun as working for yourself you know yeah. given that freedom and i suppose that was your, from what you've said that was your experience at dpd you, yes. you love the environment you love being part of that corporate piece you love driving the sales activity and everything else you did there and then the opportunity came to you know not wanting to need to relocate so the opportunity came to take a franchise and and start your own business but i suppose you one of the advantages of a franchise is that support do you think you're not left 
know, most startups, you know, they may leave the corporate. And I remember my own stories of, you know, me yeah. laptop phone in the desk. It was a bit of a wake up call. You probably had a greater element of support around you. Is that one of the advantages of running a franchise? For sure. Frames, formats, templates and support really yeah. and nurtured to uh, be a success. It's in the franchisor's best interest to have outstanding, successful franchisees. Yeah. And soon became within that environment a training platform and, 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 and forum for new franchisees to come yeah. in. I did start off as the youngest franchisee in the network and now I'm the oldest franchisee <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the network. That's a definition of success in its own, isn't it, I suppose? <laughs> but for sure, the uncertainty around going into, because you have to create everything for the first time in your own business, yeah. within a franchised business, everything's already been thought yeah. of and you've got to, as a franchise, or have everything as a proven formula. Yeah. And that takes a lot of headache and worry away from from the business. And I suppose it enabled you to play to your strengths, which was to go out and sell and, and build the business. Yeah, went out and networked and had a lot of fun, met some amazing, amazing people over... Uh, a great period of time and it reminds me of Liam Neeson you know in Taken you know I've got a special <laughs> set of skills which I've learned over a very long period of time um, and that was out in that networking um, forum and so much so enjoyed it so much it created our own network forum with lots of people and I won't mention any names but loads of amazing people we've created these amazing networks to engage with amazing people yeah and, and I suppose that's a big bit of what you're about isn't it is about partnership collaboration working with others to achieve success is that a fair comment yeah definitely someone told me a very long time ago and it might have been my father that enthusiasm costs nothing and having no enthusiasm uh, no enthusiasm can cost you everything yeah and um you know some great ad advice and great mentors and i think in looking back on some of the things that you would have done differently there's loads. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come to that towards our final questions. I've got a question for you in that regard. So keep thinking while talking, Simon. Um, and, but one of the things, and I love that, you know, kind of piece of advice from your father about enthusiasm. You know, anybody that's met you would say that you've got this tremendous sense of energy, passion and drive. You know, and there's a, there's about, you know, putting on a show and being enthusiastic yeah. is one thing. But where do you think that innate drive and energy comes from, Simon? I think sort of around the mantra that, you know, the greatest days, I asked my children what the greatest days that they enjoy the most in their lives. And they said, well, Christmas Day, yeah. uh, their birthdays. And my, my eldest son said, Glastonbury, okay. <laughs> and those of great events in, in, in people's lives, surrounded with enthusiasm and planning, yeah. like our holidays. And I think, how can you make every day like a Christmas day? Wow. And it is about planning. And do you honestly wake up thinking that? Well, sometimes, um, well, I didn't. You know, some days were a bit foggy, and a lot of days were, were quite foggy. But I think that sort of the mantra of living your greatest life, you know, 
um, around simple things, you know, making your bed look like a Four Seasons hotel and the pillows plumped, laying your dinner table that looks like a Michelin star restaurant. You know, these are little tiny yeah. things that you can do, little habits that do make a difference and thinking, I can, or, or driving around in a, in a spotlessly clean vehicle, you know, rather than a, you know, yeah. with the children's lunch from three days ago, <laughs> you know, still on the, uh, on the back seat. But you can create these tiny little habits that, and I drive my brother to frustration in terms of your life is always with your rose-tinted bloody glasses. You <laughs> yeah. know? Um, so it can in, infuriate people in terms of that level of enthusiasm and energy. But like anything, you know, you've got to turn up and do the best that you can, it's whatever what you it is. you put into it, yeah. Yeah, and if, and if it infuses other people, and people say, even when you've got a bright shirt on, Simon, all your stupid socks on, right? Um, <laughs> noted, uh, Warren, very nice socks. But... You know, you can light up a room when you yeah. walk into it. And it's best to light rooms up when you walk in rather than when you walk out. You yeah. know, people go, oh, my God, thank God he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> um, but, and enthusiasm is infectious, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And whilst always recognising, you, you know, perhaps you are uh, the leader of the pack in, in that environment and sometimes you're a, a follower in other arenas. But to have that level of energy around other people will infuse them and it's contagious yeah. as is um you know we've had colleagues where they drag the whole office down and we've you know they've got to be uh, managed out of the business because you can't have these neg ferrets you can't have yeah the energy drains going and, on can you and, and toxic energy vampires need to be um removed yeah um or, 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 or retrained or re-educated yeah, or just yeah coached yeah and um yeah and if you go back to your story, so you, did you say it was 1995 when Five. my daughter was born? Yes. Yeah. So start the franchise, you know, I suppose relatively small to begin with. You start to build the franchise. I mean, what did those early years feel like? And, you know, where did, where, at what point did you feel like you had success in terms of the I, business? I, it, was a, it was a long time. And I, I was, again, surrounded by some amazing people you, that you know very, very well. And we were on a meal out or a night out or a boat show or, a, you know, very extravagant events. And one of our learned colleagues and friends would say, I'll get this. And I think it wasn't to the point where I could say, I'll get this, so I thought I'd uh, made it. Okay. Yeah. I was being in the room with some amazing people, picking up the bill, and I thought, oh my God, that's just, you know, it's amazing that you've just done that, it's so generous. and. You know, those people still do that today. Yeah. And it wasn't until I could do that. Okay. It's an interesting metric, isn't it? That I could do that and... Um, and feel comfortable doing it. And yeah, not to show off. Not ego. Not, yeah. not, it was my turn. I felt it was my turn. Yeah. And it was good to be able to do that in lots of different environments. And some of them, are, you know, very small gestures and some of them were astronomical. Um, but um, it, it was a feel-good factor. Um to, to do that but sometimes you know you are damned if you do and you're damned if you don't you know mm. i'll give you a great example if i'd won the lottery and um i don't know 50 million pounds and i offered to buy everybody lunch they'd be upset because i was showing off yeah um and equally if i didn't buy lunch they'd think i was extremely <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> ungenerous <laughs> yeah. and why wasn't he paying because he's just <laughs> won 50 million pounds right? so you have to be um careful and get that balanced yeah. Right in in the environment you're in, I have upset people by offering to get the bill, 
and even with family you know it's yeah. we, we we want to share and do this, do this right together. place right time yeah. and one of the things i admired about you in, in terms of your dpd journey is there, there was a point and i don't know when it was and perhaps you can fill in some of the blanks is where you brought in you know kester yes. from an operations point of view you eventually became md in yeah. the business yes at what point did you realise you were missing skills that you needed to, and you needed somebody to play to some of the weaknesses you had in your leadership style, or, or you needed somebody on the ground in operations? Oh, I'd say I'm going to take you right back to my first peer board attendance with a gentleman called Christopher Bayliss, who's responsible for a lot of um, success in, in Dorset and, and Hampshire. It was at the Dormy Hotel. And we did a piece around putting depth and substance in senior management teams right from day one and recognising the rising stars and the talent yeah. within the business. And, and, and Kester did shine um, like a bright star within, within the business. And I'm pleased to say that 50% of this, the team that I had back in the very, very early days formed the senior management team of that substantial DPD business um, and growing up with all of the intricacies of the development of the business and the brand and the entire infrastructure, yeah. property, clients, it's been a fabulous, fabulous journey. So our customers have been on that same journey with us yeah, as well. Definitely. You know, we've got customers that were doing um, modest um, turnover revenues, SMEs, and exceeding the 100 million, you know, that's our customers locally. Yeah, the, the, the smashing Roman, the yeah. Solent two fifty. But to do that, you needed a management team. You needed somebody like yeah, recognizing the talents team. and the, the you know the peer group. The first peer group said came up with the recommendations and solutions. So have you considered? Have you considered? Crikey, no, I hadn't considered profiling the team and you know training program and looking after the rising stars and and bringing them on in terms yeah. of their aptitude uh, towards progress. And fortunately, they're best in class. You know, within a hundred sites around the united kingdom you know that team has won the top depot on numerous occasions um and it's something we're very very proud of you know to be the number one franchisee yeah, within the united kingdom not once twice but several occasions we've done that. fantastic um yeah it's and you think it's a bit of a, a bit of a miracle really and we but we're always saying you know new business cures everything within yeah. within within our or does it or does it just paper over the cracks um, it can do rising tide. We call it in yeah. in other sectors that you know you can can get caught out. And I think you know there's been it hasn't been a bed of roses. You know there's been tough quarters with HMRC mm. and VAT. COVID was a real scare at the beginning. Um, Brexit, you know, mm. lost two thirds of our um, international bill revenues. So it's not just a plain sailing ride within the franchise organisation. And my franchise colleagues have gone into bankruptcy administration yeah. by not getting it right so you're not protected 100% in the franchise no, you're right I suppose you know not having this conversation now is that you know the franchise all gives you that framework the operational manuals the kind of some discipline around the ops and the actual business model but the things that trip you up in business still can trip you up even if you're running a franchise can't they Absolutely. because you know leading people yes. getting the money right you know, not taking on too much debt, you know, getting paid by your customers, yes. you know, um, all of those things that would normally trip you up can still trip and believe in your own hype and all of those kind of things 
can still happen if you're a franchisee, yeah. can't they? And we're only as good as you know the people that um, are looking after us. You know, the team is 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 critical. And a great book, Alistair Campbell, think about your goals but you've got to have a team and the team got to understand the tactics yeah. and it's fascinating thinking we've got 90% of all of that right now an amazing team yeah we've had an amazing proposition within our market space yeah. a really compelling proposition in terms of text alert email notifications all the bells and whistles yeah. that we've created within that the DPD arena and the and the offering and of course when we look at I can remember in 2017, the gifted at our conference, the, the billion pound coin, you know, hit well on some you're part of this. We've hit a billion revenues yeah. in the United Kingdom. And there's only 837 companies that do a billion pounds in the UK, um, a UK owned businesses. And right. it carves again and it halves again at, in terms of the metrics. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I do like those, those metrics. Um, in the UK, only 8,000 businesses that have got more than 250 people that work for them. Yeah. Um, There's some scary stats around it, that. You know, the it, number of businesses that get to a million pound is minute, isn't it? It's a very single-digit percentage. Yeah. And, you know, we work with, you know, it's just as a, an absolute honour, like Ben Francis from Gymshark and seeing the impact of brands like Gusto, HelloFresh, even locally, you know, some amazing stories, um, Conquer Gin, Jimmy's Ice Coffee, True Dark. Mm. Um, the, the list is endless of the spirit of entrepreneurism that we've been able to look after in this uh, conurbation in Southampton as well. And what a great, um, and, and, and excited about this, um, you know, coming up for our Christmas peak now. So we'll be planning yeah. the parcel deliveries for you know, everyone's Christmas. Christmas we can't here. get that wrong. Um, so it's... Yeah. it's and you still, what I you know, I love is you've still got that energy and that passion and that drive and and all of those those things that we've talked about. I I think you know we've alluded to. It. I think one of the things you get right is relationships and sales. And I think that so many businesses perhaps don't get beyond two or three people, or definitely don't get anywhere near yes. a million pound turnover, is because they get the sales, the relationships, the client delight piece wrong. So. Any top tips you would give to somebody listening to this that wants to focus on those areas? Yeah, I, I from, you know, from experience in terms of the customer journey that most of us create a, about engaging customers and our funnels are quite cool, right? They're quite good. Yeah. And the piece around now we've got them as a customer, they've agreed to engage with us and what that looks like is pretty good as well normally. So that kind of funnel piece, the customer journey piece. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the last piece is what creates a lifetime journey of the customer. You know, why are people still trading and working with you? And there is the area that you can create what we call our TNTs, the tiny noticeable things that can okay. like TNTs like the bombs that blow the customer you know thinking yeah, oh my that. god when I dealt with Warren you would believe it and I always laugh um, you know, one of the greatest examples I can share with you is going to the Four Seasons Hotel in Geneva and a good friend of mine went in we had a few drinks and we had backpackers we were going skiing we came out of that hotel and we were laughing our socks off because the service was so good the whole experience was so good that we just thought that they thought we were somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Rock stars, Hollywood, um, 
royalty, you know, or, or they just completely mistaken who we are because the service was that good. And that's the piece, the advice that when you've got a customer, what can you do to create those TNTs that are so engaging that because normally what happens at that point, we've done the funnel, we've got them in, we've invoiced them, we've, we've created a sort of relationship and now we've just taken them for granted. Yeah. And that happens in life as well. And you think in that point where you've taken that client for, for granted is the moment they say, we're going somewhere else. Yeah. We're going to go and work with somebody else because you've upset us. And you don't know you've upset you them because you've, you've not engaged. You know? And you know, send them a monthly newsletter isn't good enough. Right? No. Um, what, and some what, examples of TNTs that you've done? Do you think my my favourite TNT, again, talk about the four seasons, DPD, think we don't want to align ourselves to FedEx or UPS, DHL. We want to align ourselves to a brand that has the same values and purpose that we feel that we have. And four seasons is clear that if you are within three for, of a four seasons, uh, you're a guest, yeah. you know, you're owned by that but it doesn't matter what position they hold in in there and four seasons in dubai and dpd would take our, our top people over to um these uh, these hotels were in the um burj um sorry the four seasons in dubai and the our ceo said to one of the guys chris said what's the um best moment for you in in dubai he said, it's my book Dwayne. it's my book and he said what uh, what do you mean it's your book he said, well I had a brand new book as a hardback. I didn't want to fold the pages in or, or crease the front cover, so I just got a tissue, put it into, the, into my book, did the first chapter, left it on side, but you wouldn't believe it. He said they put a Four Seasons bookmark in that. And there's just tons of... Uh, um, Adrian Webster has got a book called Tiny Noticeable Things on the back of his book Polar Bear Pirates, and he talks about some of the amazing tiny noticeable things and, that you can do with your client perspective clients that just wow them and it is in terms of what your compelling offer is with yeah. your client and also that they just feel that they're going to be looked after yeah. you're going so to be looked after i've always had this concept and, and it but tnt takes it to another stage is of client delight just do the things that put a smile on a client's yeah. face and it's the things you do when you're not being watched that yeah. really make the difference and yeah but doesn't that sum up life and integrity and values yeah. so many people out there have these portray these values that they may live their lives by but what do they do when nobody's watching that's key yeah what's the things that you do when and the people that don't tell you what they are doing even the amazing stuff you're yeah. thinking that i didn't know you did that that's amazing and um but of course with with social media um it is very very easy to um, yeah. fall into the trap of this humble bragging I've done this and I've done that I've done that yeah. but um, you know being Definitely. being quiet and standoffish is, and quiet is, is much better got to talk about it because I think it's a really important subject is that you know we talk about you having this kind of passion this energy this drive fun person to be around but a lot of that stemmed in your 30s and your 40s from alcohol and drinking yeah. and being and being a sociable guy yeah. who would always have a drink in his hand and three years ago went four years ago four years ago nearly four sober. years ago so tell our listeners a little bit about that journey story why um i think the sort of the consumption element of it it, it wasn't serving me well in terms of how it made me how it made me feel in terms of yeah i mean people that know me for a long time will know me you know my handle was crazy hawtrey right like, he's, yeah. he's a nutter right? <laughs> and there he is you know buying all the drinks doing the shots and last man standing at the bar 
And it is a great um, social piece and could end up anywhere, you know, on a night out. It'd be fantastic. And it, it wasn't until some people were saying, you know, it's great to see you last night, Simon. And I can remember Darren Mooney, you know, saying, it's great to see you last night. You're doing some moves on the dance floor thinking, I can't even remember being there. Was I there? Right. <laughs> and um, we were at the massive chamber event and um, I, you know, just enjoying the evening, a couple of bottles of, of wine and I, and I thought, it's not even 10 o'clock, we haven't started the awards yeah. yet. <laughs> um, so I, I knew I needed to, to slow down. Went off to this amazing conference in, in, in Birmingham, saw um, Russell um, Brandt and Grant Cadone, Gary V. And um, one of our members in, 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 in the peer board worked for, um, was an executive in Gulfstream. These jets are 60 million pounds. And he said, Simon, do you know how much the first service was? And I said, no idea. What's how much the first service? Million pounds. He said, no, it's a 60 million pound jet. First service, how much do you think it is? So don't know. He said, it's 10 million pounds for the first service on this jet. Like, Crikey, you've saved 60 million pounds. <laughs> Who on earth, you know? And he knew his ideal client persona. And that was the, at that moment of time, the 2,664 billionaires right. on the planet. He knew all of them, where they lived, what they loved, what right. they did, what their hobbies, you know, and they had their, their, that was their database. These are the guys most likely to go buy a golf to stream. buy buy this plane. And it just hit a raw, raw note. And I always say successful people leave clues, healthy people mm. leave clues, a whole breadcrumb trail of clues. So um, he then shared with me the fact that um, out of the eighty percent of these people didn't drink. And I thought well, that's quite interesting wow. and then I did a little bit of more research and if you look at sober celebrities on Instagram there's another example you find that 80% of the Hollywood acts don't drink 80% of the pop stars and the people you know the most influential people on the planet they're not drinking however the billionaires have got the best wine selections <laughs> yeah. but as an investment and I thought I'm going to do remember December because okay. that would be quite difficult everyone does dry January but yeah. I created this this thing was remember, remember December. Because, crikey, I don't remember very many of them. And um, I, I made January. Given the fact that I met this amazing lady who who um, is my partner now who didn't drink and was about a year ahead of me. So I saw the benefits of someone not drinking okay. for, for a year and the clarity and the energy that this person had in Sharon. So I thought I'd give it a go. And then, of course, it's very easy to sort of sedge way into yeah. the dry January. I thought after two months, I felt pretty good, right, thinking I... Like my my ten year old son at the time, he sort of he wakes up every morning and he sort of packs himself down and he jumps around and he's 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 gone right, <laughs> he's on it. Uh, so I've tried a few few more months and and, and by May, it, I sort of felt transformation and I'd got into this yoga, this hot yoga at one brawl in Bournemouth, hot yoga, forty degrees and it was fabulous and sort of felt right, very it. very energized and alive and. Th th then the mornings became mine. Okay. You weren't nursing a hangover. It's crazy. And also, I also discovered, Warren, if, if, that I could drive my car around at night. <laughs> and I had, it had lights. Because <laughs> it's always taxis and car backs, right? So I could drive my car around at night. And, and year one was very difficult because I had that persona of being this yeah. party and I guy. everywhere you went to an event, it was the first have time you'd been to that event, not drinking. Have a drink, have a drink. Yeah. And the, the most difficult place was in AFC Bournemouth in the, in the box I share with my um, my friends. So the first year was um, quite difficult. 
um, second year. And of course, you know, not drinking, doing yoga, they, you know, they decided to call me Gandhi. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs Cruel friends, friends eh? you know. <laughs> yeah. Not only having ginger hair, freckles and glasses, I'm now called Gandhi. Um, but then the second year, they sort of, you know, hats off to you. And third year was quite inspirational. And thinking most people I do talk to, that say, I'd like to slow down, I'd like to stop. And, you know, if I can help more people slow down and stop, that you know, it is great place to be um to have that clarity and energy and you think we have a drink to celebrate we have a drink to commiserate we have a drink when we're mm. cooking and i blame floyd because i love cook- cooking and you could you know his he always had a glass of red wine yeah. and a massive glass of red wine whilst he was cooking so it's uh and do you think your life is now different to it would have been if you'd have kept exactly drinking? the same um in fact, you've got more energy, more time, more understanding, yeah. more clarity with the people, and you can listen. You know, you just know what's going on because yeah. you've got, you're not in this foggy, AM or PM, you're not in this fog, foggy. But what is frustrating is that when people are, have had a lot to drink and they're on the third story for the third time, <laughs> and you did see me three hours ago, and they've said, whoa, it's great to see you. you've seen me three times now. <laughs> Brilliant. And again, hints and tips. I think you probably alluded to it. To, if somebody's listened to this and thinks that I want to abstain for a period, I just give it a go. What's the first things you think they should do? I think the understanding is why it makes. If you can, you know, enjoy in moderation, um, which is very civilized, you know, with a very nice whispering angel, a lovely uh, chateau neuf de pain, whatever it is, okay. Um, and you can have one or two glasses or enjoy a really nice gin, you know, carry on. Um, yeah. But generally, one turns into two, turns into three, and then it is, you know, I've never regretted one day of sobriety, never, one day. Brilliant. And, yeah, I'd give it, give it, give, give it a go. Three months and you'll see the, see the difference. Brilliant. Thank you, Simon. Thank you for being so honest about your, your journey and your, your story. I suppose we should allude to the fact that, you know, we're both very passionate about peer groups. You know, we both run yes. peer groups in slightly different ways, but we, we love the concept. It was how we met. We met at something uh, called Bowshot when we were both very early on yes. in our business journeys back in 2005, I think it must have been. Well, that long ago. It's scary, it. isn't it? Yeah. Um, and therefore, what makes, you know... Why are you such a believer in the power of peer groups? I feel that, you know, given the fact that if you play squash with an Olympic squash player every single week, and you've never played squash before, you're going to get very, very good, very, yeah. very quickly. And I think you are, there's some, Jim Rayne always says, you are the sum of the parts of the five people you spend most of your time with. And we've got a choice over that in terms of who we spend our time with. And if you lie down with dogs, you will come up with fleas. Mm. And if you hang around with idiots, you'll become an idiot. So always surround yourself with people that are moving at a quicker, faster uh, rate than, than, than you are. Or perhaps uh, you want to aspire to where, they, where those people are. And we love our, our peer groups. We love hosting them. And when we drive into our venues and there's helicopters and Ferraris and beautiful settings in beautiful hotels... You know, that's aspirational. Um, most of, for me, people are there for lots of different reasons. Um, people want 
want to win time. Mm. People want to be healthy. People want to create wealth. And the, some of the parts is the people in the room, not me, but the people in the room can make that difference for our members. And sharing their journey is the yeah, sort of, and through collaboration and understanding. But hey, if you're with um, a group of people that are facing the same challenges as you are, and sharing that with, within a confidential environment, yeah. hey, it's going to help, isn't it? And thinking, yeah. well, from my experience, have you considered or have you thought of? And it is absolutely amazing. Having been a member like yourself yeah. for many, many years, and you're thinking, oh, you know, we've done a skill-up session, we've done a hot seat, we've done all these component parts. And when we're going a summary at the end of the day, four-hour session and thinking, right, what are you going to do as a result of today? And, thinking, so, and they say, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, A, B, C, and thinking, not even thought of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that is the gold. That's it. Um, it's, it's that inspiration. But it is also that I think that running a business is such a lonely thing, isn't it? You know, and that to have, to surround yourself with like-minded people that definitely still think differently and can challenge you in a constructive way yeah, is I the think power, that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we'd love the uh, accountability aspect of it in terms of what you've committed to and you've shared that with your, your with yeah. your peers and the sort of the momentum and traction and, and with it and and guilty you know that inspiration coming out of that room for the morning or the afternoon and thinking I'm going to, going to do this I'm going to do that and actually um you know challenging you know the team and thing and not coming back in doing stuff and as you know Warren I do not like I call them um Gunners, right? Arsenal, not the Arsenal fans, Gunners. <laughs> but people say they're going to do this and going to yeah. do that, right? And it's so frustrating. They actually don't do anything. Um, when they have committed in the room, it's very, very difficult. So they either crack on and create traction, and not forgetting that the private sector funds the public sector. There isn't, we can't even hit a thousand organisations in the United Kingdom that turn over a billion UK owned. And what life would be like for all of us if there was 2,000 companies that did mm. a billion, you know, in terms of what our roads would look like, what our streets would look like, what our educational system would look like and healthcare would look like. Because, you know, the, that private sector does fund the public it's sector. Right. And there isn't enough success in this country to fund what we need. So yeah. if we can make an impact on creating more success, more entrepreneurs, and more fun. What a great Do you think place we support, it's an interesting question, do you think you, we support as a, a nation and celebrate the success enough of our business owners and our entrepreneurs and our business leaders? You know, like the US would do. Do you think we do? No, we're not very good. Not, we're not good at a local level. And yeah. we've, we've been blessed with Stephen Bartlett and uh, Prince William coming to Bournemouth this week. But we haven't got that, what I call the je ne sais quoi, you know, I'll give you a very small example, the Ivy wanted to come to Bournemouth, yeah. destination restaurant, would have been fabulous for this town, and they've decided not to come, whether they didn't get planning or consent for a digital license, I sort of don't know, but no one's rung them. No. So, hey, where, where would you like to be in Bournemouth? Yeah. We've got Westover Road, it's pretty cool. We've got these other, yeah. but thinking like the Welsh Development Agency and like Ireland, have attracted all of the biggest IT companies on the planet, yeah. right? And we haven't got that at a local level. We haven't got, well, from 
you know, a national level in terms of attracting. And when you, sorry, uh, it put corporation tax up to 25%, yeah. you're going to push organisations What message away. does it send? Yeah. And again, successful countries, um, there's, a, there's a recipe for success and there's a load of clues. Yeah. It's like Even say, in, in terms, follow the breadcrumbs. Follow yeah. the breadcrumbs of Winchester, oh. Bath, um, yeah. Chichester, you know, these are thriving towns and communities and thinking, what are we doing wrong? in Bournemouth what we could do and there's a big 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 steep hill to climb in order to, to turn that around but the, the regeneration um, of what city centres will look like um, yeah it's a topic in itself isn't it absolutely um, what's next for Simon then well I've got um, about 20 years left I think okay that I'd like to in to business. work, yeah, twenty years in, in, yeah, in business. Yeah, please let's have more of Simon for more than twenty years. <laughs> yeah. And um, if I can t- continue, you know, with yoga and, and and not drinking and putting the right fuel in my body, um, who who knows? But interestingly, Warren Buffett said, if you were given Warren a brand new car on the day you were born, yeah. and it was your car of choice, whatever that would be, what would it be? It would have been well, just. 9-11. 9-11, okay. Now, now Warren's told you, Warren Buffett's told you, Warren, that you've got to make that last for the rest of your life. Yeah. Okay. And this is about, right, okay, I'm not going to put in Jaeger bombs. I'm not going to put Sambucas in there. I'm going to service it. I'm going to clean it. I'm going to look after it every <laughs> single day. But we don't do that for ourselves, okay? So it's a great message um, for Warren. So 20 years, um, we want to continue to help uh, SMEs. I think we're going to move into the... 50, 100 million sector, you know, in yeah. terms of that, our peer proposition and at what we call a platinum level. And equally, as, as you know from your accountancy, that it's the same issues, whether you've got yeah. 10 people, 100 people, yeah. or 1,000 people. people. Same uh, issues that you'll face as a, as a CEO. And we think we've got the tools and templates in order to... Brilliant. To, to support that, so we're going to have a lot of fun there, and really think about how I can make every single day like Christmas Day. Fantastic! Um, I always end with this, the same question, so I'm going to have to ask it. And I'm fascinated, given you know what I know of you and, and our conversation today, Simon. What is your personal definition of success? Happiness. Simple as that. To be happy. To be happy. Yeah. Every single day. Fantastic. Simon, it's been a great conversation. It's been, great, been a great insight into you. Uh, thank you for the energy you've given our conversation. If people want to know more about you, um, more about the businesses that you run, where can they go? Yeah, please, uh, Simon HC on LinkedIn. Uh, you can reach out on peertopeer.global. Perfect. Thank you for being a great guest on the Evolve to Succeed podcast. Brilliant. Thanks, Warren. Great to catch up. Thank you for listening to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. My hope with every episode is that you've learned something new or heard something that challenged your way of thinking and further motivated you on your path towards becoming a more knowledgeable, informed and inspired individual and business leader. If you enjoyed this episode, then please help us by rating, reviewing and subscribing. We really value your feedback and would love to have you along for future episodes. And please don't forget to learn more about Evolve by going to evolvemembers.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week.